Good morning, Cornerstone. It is so wonderful to be with you this morning. Will you pray with me? Lord God, we thank you. We thank you that we can gather together in worship. And even though we are separated physically, that we are still gathering as a church family. Father, we ask that you would be with the message this morning, that you would be with the words that are spoken and the words that are heard, and that our hearts would be transformed. And may you be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. In the back of a dark cave, David and his men sat in stillness. Before them, their enemy sat unprotected and alone. He was hunting them to kill David, driving them from place to place, not letting them rest. In the darkness, some whispered, This is the day the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. As David crept up, memories flooded his mind. Years before, Samuel, the prophet, had come to his father's home and had anointed him, David, king of Israel, even though Saul still sat on the throne. God had sent Samuel. And then there was Goliath, the Philistine giant that no Israelite would face, and the army was in fear of him. But David faced him. With five stones and a slingshot, he won a victory over Goliath. God had given him that victory. For years, he faithfully served Saul, his king, both in battles and in court. And then he remembered the day his wife, Saul's own daughter, protected him and lied for him as he escaped Saul's men who had come to kill him because Saul's jealousy had turned into a violent rage. And then there was pleading with Jonathan, Saul's son, what have I done? What is my crime? How have I wronged your father that he is trying to kill me? And it was Jonathan who helped him escape the last time. And now there sat Saul, unguarded and alone. David was quiet, silently creeping forward. And then he carefully cut off a corner of Saul's robe. Then he carefully crept back to the back of the cave No, this was his king, anointed by the Lord. He would not kill him. What uncertainties David must have felt, the confusion of all the events leading up to this moment, what feelings and questions he must have had. Psalm 27 is attributed to David. This is the same man that writes, The Lord is my light and my salvation Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord that I shall seek 
that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the days of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock and now my head will be lifted above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not drive me over to the desires of my enemy, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they are breathing out violence. I will remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. I love the Psalms. In them, we hear the honest, raw feelings of the psalmist. We hear their questions, their doubts, their troubled hearts, and their requests. Yet as each psalm proceeds, some recount the miraculous works of God, while others tell of God's character. But in the end, we hear the confidence that the speaker has in God, so much so that they are willing to put their trust in God and wait for him. In Psalm 27, the speaker begins in confidence as he recalls how God has been his light, his shield, and his defense. There is nothing that the speaker has faced that, the God, that God has not protected him against. Because of this, the speaker is ready to trust God and wait on him. The Israelites used to make monuments to remember the works of the Lord. In fact, in Joshua 4, the Israelites are getting ready to cross over the Jordan River to the promised land. But one of the problems was, was that the Jordan River was at flood stage. And so the Lord says to Joshua, he says, send the priest over with the Ark of the Covenant, and then the people will follow. And so as soon as Joshua gives the order and the priest's feet touch the water, the waters of the Jordan River part, and the Israelites are able to cross over to the promised land on dry land, just like they had at the Red Sea. And then the Lord tells Joshua, pick tw 12 men from each of the tribes of Israel and have them pick up a stone from the middle of the river and carry it to the other side and build a monument. And so these 12 men picked up stones from the middle of the Jordan River where the priests were standing and carried them to the other side and they built a monument. 
And the monument was to remind them of the works of the Lord, to remind them of what God had done for them on this day. And if their children asked, parents could say, this is what God did for us, the Israelites, enabling us to cross over to the promised land. This is how God worked on our behalf. They made the memorial to remind themselves for generations what God had done so that they would trust God and wait on him. The psalmist then moves to expressing his desires to dwell in God's presence. He writes, One thing I ask from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. You see, to be in the house of the Lord was to be in God's presence, for that's where the Israelites experienced God's presence. They were reminded again and again throughout throughout the generations by the prophets that if they sought God and learned to walk in his ways, that God would be with them. And so striking that being in God's presence and learning to walk in his ways are tied to our trust in God. God knows that we are short-sighted people. He knows that we get easily distracted and discouraged. It is being continually in God's presence that we are able to trust God and wait for him. Jesus knew that his strength and courage and renewal came from seeking the Father's face, being in his presence. While on earth, Jesus continually sought the Father's presence through prayer. The Gospels repeatedly recall Jesus finding a quiet place to pray. In fact, Jesus is recorded 25 times praying throughout the Gospels. There are different times. There's a second part to seeking God's face. It's the willingness to learn God's way. The speaker says, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path. In Exodus 32, after the Israelites were delivered from slavery in Egypt and crossed over the Red Sea, the people got scared. They had forgot the miraculous things that God had already done for them. And they lost their confidence in God. So they had Aaron make a golden calf for them to worship. For their disobedience, God struck them with a plague. But more importantly, God refused to continue to go with them. In their tent, they had all their tents, and outside the tent, this encampment, was the tent of meeting. And this is where the people sought God's presence, and this is where Moses would go to be in God's presence. And after the people had worshipped the golden calf, Moses went to seek God. And he entered into his presence. And scripture says that the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as if with a friend. And in one of these conversations, Moses says to God, You have said that you know me by name, that I have found favor with you. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so that I may know you and continue to find favor with you. Moses knew, as the psalmist does, being in God's presence 
is connecting, is connected to knowing God's way. And knowing God's way is knowing God. Moses was confident in God. He trusted God and waited for him. Psalm 27 ends with, I will remain confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. For me, this year has been 12 months of waiting for God. When I stepped down from a pastoral position at my last church, I had served there for 15 years. My kids grew up in that church. It was a church, it is a church family that I love. But God was leading me in a new direction, and I was completely unaware of where he was going to take me. For the first several weeks, it felt good to rest and enjoy some downtime. But as weeks rolled into months, my questions began to form, my doubts arose in me, and at times it was hard to see if there was even any future for me in ministry. I was buffeted by uncertainty. During this process, I was talking to my mom, and she said, it's like Peter stepping out of the boat. You just need to keep your eyes on Jesus. And at that moment, I responded to her in tears. Mom, I can't see the boat anymore, let alone see Jesus. All I see are the waves. And then she prayed with me. It was during this year that one of my mentors encouraged me to write down the ways that God has shown his faithfulness to me. And as I began to think back and began to write these things down, I was reminded of how God had called me into ministry so distinctly and clear. How he gave me a passion for his church. How he gave me the perseverance that I needed to finish seminary and the gifts to encourage and equip his people. Throughout the year, God also taught me how to simply dwell in his presence to release my life to him once again, and to wait on him. By writing these things down and being in God's presence, it gave me the confidence to wait for God's and to trust in what he was doing in my life. About a month ago, I was called to serve in a new church. And I am so excited to be a part of this church family and to see how God will work through us in our community. As I waited and I watched God faithfully provide for us and give me the much needed time to seek his face, it gave me the confidence that I needed in him to trust him and wait on him. Waiting on God is not easy. And yet, when we do, when we remember how God has worked in our lives, when we draw close to God and receive our strength from him, it allows us to trust in him, in our present circumstances, and wait on him. Today, we have an opportunity to think about how God has been faithful to us and how he has worked in our lives. I have a rock right here in my hand to remind me of God's faithfulness. As I think back on the ways he has been faithful, I'm using this rock 
as a memorial to remind me of that. I want to encourage you that if you have a rock nearby, grab that rock. Or if you have something else that reminds you of God's faithfulness, just grab it and hold on to it. Now take a moment to think about what's troubling you, what's causing you anxiety or causing you fear, or maybe it's caused you a lot of pain. And take a moment and think about that. And then in your empty hand, close it into a fist as if holding on to that situation. And as we hang on to how God has been faithful to us, and what we're, what we're worried about, what's challenging in our lives right now, I want you to listen to Psalm 27 again. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers came upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. Though war arise against me, in spite of this, I shall be confident. One thing I've asked of the, from the Lord that I shall seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, and to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted above my enemies around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. And be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me nor forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord. And lead me in a level path because of my foe. Do not deliver me over to the desires of my adversaries. For false witness have risen against me and they are breathing out violence. I will remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. For some of you, what might be troubling is that you don't know what it's like to live in God's presence. And you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. And if that's what's troubling you today, I want you to pray for me. We're going to pray in just a minute. But I would like you to pray with me to ask Jesus into your heart. And for those of you that are hanging on to what is challenging, what is causing you pain or troubling your heart, causing you anxiety, I want you to pray with me also. Let us pray. Lord God, we stand in your presence. 
We thank you that you have made a way for us to have a right relationship with you. That you promise that when we put our faith in you, that you will never leave us nor forsake us. And that you have worked in our lives in such miraculous ways. Even being able to have a relationship with you through Jesus Christ is a miracle. And we thank you for that. And so, Lord God, in one hand, we remember your faithfulness in our lives. And in the other hand, we're hanging on to what's, what's troubling us. The anxiety we feel. The uncertainty we feel, the pain we feel. And Father, we just want to release that to you by opening our fists and allowing you to take that situation. Father, give us the strength to have the confidence, the confidence to know that we will see the goodness of you in the land of the living. And give us the strength we need to wait on you. Yes, to wait on you, Lord. For those who have never accepted Jesus into their hearts, will you pray with me? Lord God, I am not living the life that I want to live. I don't know what it means to be in your presence. I don't know what it means to walk with you, to know your ways. And so this morning, I acknowledge that I need a Savior. That I have done things that are wrong, that have separated me from you. And I need you to be a part of my life. So will you come and be the Lord of my life? Will you come and dwell in me that I may dwell in the presence of the Lord? Lord God, we just ask that you would be the one to lead me forward and to show me a straight path. And Father, we thank you for anyone who has prayed that prayer this morning. And we ask that you would teach them your ways, that they would feel the goodness of the Lord, that they would feel your peace and your joy that comes with walking with you. And we ask for all of those that have released what's troubling them to you, that your peace, which passes all understanding, would be invade their whole being. We thank you, God, for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness and your trustworthiness. We ask that our lives would glorify you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer to accept Jesus into your heart, I just want to encourage you to tell somebody. Tell someone at Cornerstone. Tell a friend that you know is already a believer because they're going to help you be able to grow and learn to walk in God's ways. And I am so excited for you because I believe that is the best decision ever. And for those of you that were able to release your trouble into God's hands, let us all together be confident of this, that we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord.